Hey y'all, it's Ashley here, and this is Talk It Out, essentially where we talk about anything and Welcome back, everybody. It has been a hot minute since I've posted a podcast, only because, you know, read the fucking room, and... (laughs) I wasn't, I just felt like I, it wasn't an appropriate time to be posting podcasts all the time during the BLM movement, especially with everything that was going on right now. Um, honestly, prayers to Lebanon, especially after that explosion. If you can, please donate to the Red Cross, the Lebanon Red Cross. Um, if you are like, fuck Red Cross, there's a scam. No, bitch, that's a scandal in America. You, you stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and black lives still fucking matter so there's that um but before i want to get back into it um i want to give a disclaimer that this is about my experiences my lived experiences my thoughts how i cope how i dealt with my mental health um how i dealt with my healing and i say it's a journey because i'm still going through it and i'm still learning more and more about myself each and every day and like what i need Um, And it's an ongoing experience, you know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm healed and I'm good to go and act like you can can never like, you know, regress because it happens like you can take one step forward and then take 10 steps back and it feels like it feels like you failed so hard, you know, so yeah, I just want to put that out there that these are my lived experiences and what I dealt with and I am not an expert not quite yet until I get my licensing and go to grad school so yeah um hopefully you guys can take a little bit or relate to whatever I'm saying or you know confined in it or get the courage to um talk about your journey and your narrative so yeah my goal is to you know normalize mental health and have it be a conversation versus just being like oh my god you're depressed me too bitch like i mean yeah you can do that too but like you know relate more to it and how we can make it more of a conversation and more of a way to heal not just ourselves but others as well lol if you get it you get it (laughs) just kidding because i recently um i'm a part of this mental health initiative that's called healing puso shameless plug you know Um, And we're trying to normalize um, mental health within the Filipinx community and provide culturally competent um, services and resources and make them accessible to the community because, you know, it's not normalized and it's very stigmatized, especially within our Filipinx community. Um, And that's a lot of where my lived experiences, trauma, my depression, my anxiety comes from is within being a Filipino-American and um, being born in the motherland and then growing up in America. You know, even though everyone says it's a great place to grow up and there's opportunities, obviously there's a lot more opportunities than I would be in the Philippines. But at the same time, with the president, I don't know what it's looking like right now. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, that's just my little take. Don't take everything I say seriously. Do take it seriously. Um, I'm no expert, once again, but yeah. So I have compiled a couple of questions that I received on Instagram, and 
and I will start with those first because I honestly have no scripts or agenda or structure to this podcast. Everything is just coming out of my brain and I'm just thinking out loud, hence talking it all out. <laughs> so for the first question, um, <laughs> my little sent this to me, Lainey. She said, why are you so amazing, wonderful, and beautiful? <laughs> little, I love you and I swear we'll hang out sometime. But yeah, if you're listening, I love you. Um, The next question is, when was the first time you realized something was wrong? Um, I think when I realized something was wrong was when I was in, I believe, um, I knew something was always wrong in high school, but when I realized something was really wrong, like unhealthily wrong, I believe was in college, my freshman year. Um, I noticed that I was becoming a lot more lethargic. I had no motivation to do anything. Um, And I realized, like, this was when I came to realization that my worth was um, only a thing through academia. So whatever I achieved through academics was how I defined myself was as successful like if I kept getting good grades I was I was the best you know like I made my parents proud and that was the only time my parents would ever be proud of me was through my GPA and my grades and how I was doing in classes and what I was doing academia wise so yeah that's when I first realized something was wrong was just um, I realized I wasn't happy anymore I didn't have passion I was lethargic. I didn't want to go anywhere anymore. I wasn't as outgoing as I used to be. So yeah, that was one of the things that was, um, that kind of just clicked in my head. Um, the next question is, what is my main source of motivation? What keeps me going? Um, it's changed over time, but my continuous motivation would be my family my passion so my family only because they've been through a lot and my success is also their success um, which I can see how that also contributed to my (laughs) depression because and the way I thought about myself was because I was only worth or valuable if I would succeed in life but it's also an homage to their hard work and what they've done and what they've sacrificed, especially um, leaving your family in the Philippines and coming to America and starting a new life. And I don't just don't know how my mom can do it. Like I think about her like leaving by my side, her and my dad, and I just I just can never imagine it, you know. But the fact that my mom lives away from her family and her mom, I don't know how she did it. Like she's so strong. Um, and my passion. My passion is to be a um, a person that can shed light within a community and I can bring and normalize mental health and give accessible resources and um, culturally competent services while addressing certain things. Um, I also want to be an advocate for for holistic healing um there's different types of healing indigenous healing 
um, and different ways to heal. And I want to bring that to light because the way we are taught in like psychology is just very westernized and white that it's not benefiting anyone but the whites you know what i'm saying so that's what really keeps me going is that i have this dream and i want to achieve it because that's all i'm living for is like i have a purpose on earth and and i'm gonna i'm gonna get it and i'm gonna get there even though it's gonna take a while i am manifesting it so yeah so my family and my passion is what keeps me going and the work that i do right now um, is what keeps me going and it reminds me each and every day that i am where i need to be and then the next question is i'm honestly just going through these first so i can have some type of structure because your girl don't know what she's doing um yeah so (laughs) the next question is how has your journey compared to people you've heard about um how was your journey compared to the people you've heard about and the differences um everyone's lived experiences are different um the way they develop depression or anxiety or um, if it was passed down to them or their experiences it's it's very different but the way we experience them is the same if that makes sense so like the symptoms of depression um the lethargy um the no motivation um the worthlessness feeling um the no appetite all that or overeating it's like that's the same but people um deal with their depression in different ways some people go to um turn to god and become religious and um confide in him but i'm the type of person who needs tangible um like things i guess you can say like faith and it's like hope is really good but for me i i believed in god but i wasn't a, a, a very good catholic because of how i was raised and i just felt like i was forced into it and i didn't like that i don't like being forced into anything i don't like i don't want to do so that just pushed me away from my religion but i still believe in him and he is above all everything and I turn to him when I have no one else. Um, some people confine in different ways. Um, it's it's a matter of what you like to do. Um, I guess my journey was a bit different only because I come from an immigrant family. I myself am an immigrant, but I have assimilated and um, I'm like immersed into the American culture, but I still have like traditional backgrounds and all that growing up traditionally um under underneath a traditional filipino household so yeah um i think that was the biggest thing was that um some individuals had the support from their parents and they they had accessibility to therapists and um and healers and all that stuff versus like i was too scared to even go to the doctor like i didn't know that was a thing because i didn't want um, i didn't know patient confidentiality was a thing and when i did go to the doctor it was for like a routine checkup and then i did this questionnaire when i was 16 and i filled it out and my doctor was concerned and she sent me to this child psychiatrist and i guess you can say this is where i first realized like my mental health was like an issue or like i just was like fuck it like i'm not gonna get help or anything because 
this shit doesn't help and like it is a hoax like it's fake like everyone tells me just like believe in god or whatever so he would i literally sat there crying because i was just going through some shit like i didn't feel like i was loved i was in a household it was like i was a preteen going through some shit you know and i just didn't know my purpose and this was during the time where i didn't feel like i was filipino enough or i wasn't american enough and i didn't know where i fit in this space especially since i moved from Southside stockton to Northside stockton and i was still navigating this new area and this new space and i was just like i didn't know who i was so that's where it began and like i was dealing with family issues as well as like me and my mom were constantly fighting all the time i just felt like i wasn't being loved i was being belittled by my physical features i at the time developed um bulimia and um I was um, I was just not on good terms with my family and that was like the biggest source of depression was just like my safe space was my home and my family but to feel like I wasn't welcome or to feel like I wasn't loved or no one cared for me um, that was the biggest thing but I told this um, to my psychiatrist and he was like he was like well you're um, he was like well you're Filipino my wife's Filipino and she does this with her kids too and you're just gonna grow out of it like it's just in your family and you'll it'll get better when you're older you know and then fast forward to college when I'm like 19 18 18 19 I'm like here I fucking am still depressed don't know how to fucking properly heal myself whatever um I ruined the relationships with my depression because I wasn't able to um properly process my emotions or effectively communicate how I was feeling to my significant other at the time. Um, I have attempted seven times in my life um, everything. I tried to hang myself. I tried to kill myself through a knife. Um, I tried cutting. I've cutting. I've been cutting multiple times, but I was smart about it because I knew people would notice. So I would cut light enough where it would bleed, but not too much where it scar. Until my recent um, incident, um, and that was just my journey of like mental health was just. It was very destructive. I didn't know how to navigate it, what my triggers were or what I was going through until I started pledging and going into college and realizing what the fuck I was doing, you know? Um, Cause I just thought like my entire life, I was just overreacting or I was being belittled for every little thing I felt. So that's why I constantly just like pushed it aside. Like, you know what? I'm just overreacting. Like I'll get over it. It's fine, you know? But it kept, it was a constantly reoccurring thing that it became a problem and it started to affect my relationships and how I was dealing with my everyday life. Um, yeah, um, I my recent attempt was last year, um, my first semester of my senior year of college. Um, and it was just in a culmination of a lot of things. Um, I'm kind of going backwards here because, like, I'm just remembering the things that happened recently and then everything after that. But um, I just remember during that time, I was going through financial hardships because I recently got into a car accident after that and I was going through it um, with, like, the attorney and the lawyers and all that stuff. I was financially struggling, um, paying for a new car and helping 
like helping my mom with bills and all that stuff um and credit cards shit's fucking crazy and hate i hate corporate america <laughs> why the fuck you got a crew debt to be good um but yeah um i was dealing with family stuff i was dealing with friend stuff i was dealing with work school stress um extracurriculars um it was a lot it was a lot to balance and i just felt like i wasn't giving myself space and time to just breathe and think um but yeah so what i want to talk about is like how i figured out my triggers and what i realized and how i got to the point to where i'm at right now um it was from the incident that i i truly seeked help Um, I was home alone and I was crying and I was going through such a hard time because this was when my mom had a breast cancer scare and they said she had a lump on her breast and she has to do a biopsy but it it took a while and she didn't want to go and like she didn't tell me until later and then that's when I also found out from my aunt that my mom had a stroke and that's why yeah so it was just like a lot of things was coming at me and I didn't know how to handle it and it was just a lot um and um i was already just it was like a tipping point i guess like all the little things that have happened in my life that i haven't like completely resolved had just like built up and blew up right in my face and i couldn't handle it and i was just like i'm over it. i'm done i'm just gonna fucking you know peace out um so the way i had i tried to do my seventh attempt was um through overdosing and it was the like tylenol pills and all that shit um and i and i wanted to not do it because i told myself when i was younger that i promised i wouldn't um hurt harm myself or try and kill myself and live a longer life than i thought i did um and eventually when i was going um through that attempt in my head i was like okay let me call someone and if they answer then it's a sign that i won't do it so i called about like five different people no one answered and i was like fuck it i'm gonna do it now but then something in the back of my mind that little that little tiny voice that was telling me you know you made a promise to yourself when you're younger um that is what held me together and i called the suicide hotline and they talked to me they calmed me down and they dispatched police to my um my house uh, where i currently live and i went into the hospital so in that time i was in a 5150 which is an involuntarily hold of like yourself being in a hospital and you have to be observed to see if you're mentally stable or not and i was like at this time i was also i had to study for a fucking midterm that was the next day and i remember this so thoroughly that i was still stressing about school even though i was in this state of mind because my entire life I have valued school and my grades over my health and my happiness because that's what I thought equated what was what um what the heck that's what I thought what made me worthy enough was my grades in my school um so I was like if I'm if I don't go then I'm gonna fuck up you know like I'm screwed like I'm about to graduate and I'm screwed. I just fucked myself over. So that just stressed me out even more in the hospital. And everyone was like, shut up, calm down. Like, you know, this is for you. This is your space. Like, you need to focus on you right now. And they were right. Because 
I just felt so empty and felt so lost and just tired and burnt out and over and I just tired of feeling tired like the constant exhaustion um and yeah it was just overwhelming so a social worker came and I had to wait for him to come to get released and I was like fuck it's already like the next day like it's already like like fucking three in the morning and I have a test in like a couple of hours and I'm like god damn it I can't do it so hopefully uh, but thankfully um I was ended up putting being put in a program called IOPE which is IOP IOP which is um intensive outpatient program which helps me um which is a treatment for my mental health that would teach me how to do coping mechanisms how to properly balance my life and just like you know preventative care to not have to not have to go through it again so that's what it was and it was either that or stay in a psychiatric ward until I was mentally stable enough to be on my own so I was like you know what I'm broke as it is and I don't want to rack up these medical bills any more than it is so I'm gonna just go with IOP so I've I did that but I had in order to do that I had to contact my um, school UOP disability services and I had to explain to them or I had to fill up paperwork and get um, a recommend um, a re- accommodation letters for that and I thought that was the scariest thing because I thought I was so weak at that time it's just like damn like I can't even handle the stress like I have to get accommodation letters but honestly that shit saved my fucking life um it took a lot of courage to for me to tell my professors they were surprisingly very very um understanding and caring and they were so lenient with me not lenient in like a good way where I could take advantage but it was in a way where I was just like I can get what I need done on my own time without feeling stressed you know and I really really appreciated them for that because that helped so much during that time and what I was going through was just like I don't even have to think about school at this point like I know I'm not stupid but I just can't do all this work at once you know deadline after deadline after deadline and feeling like I have no break um and there are times where I still had the effects of it I would have anxiety attacks where I felt too stressed even though I had um accommodation letters like um it still granted me like to ask for extensions you know but like I was too scared to ask for that you know so I would literally have like panic attacks trying to write this fucking email to my professor and be like hey I can't do this I need to kind of get an extension and like they'd be like hey take your time because they knew my situation already and they knew what I was going through so that helped a lot um so and then I got put on medication because one of my biggest uh, symptoms was lethar- um, being lethargic. So during that year, I honestly barely <laughs> went to class. Not barely, but I did go to class, but I would skip a lot. Because I just, I would have days, I would have mental breakdowns, and I would just wake up and I was like, I hate it, I don't want to go, you know? So um, I told my doctor, like, this is what I feel. I don't feel energy. I feel like I just... I can't, you know, and like I feel groggy all the time. So I got put on um, Zoloft or Sertralin. Sertralin. Yep. Um, And I started taking that. And when I did, like, obviously the symptoms 
like the side effects were kind of ass but once that got put aside like i felt a lot better even though people say like oh my god meds are so bad it's like you know you don't rely on just meds you also do like the the coping mechanisms that you learned and like the treatment and like you talk to your therapist at the same time um so yeah uh, that's what I started doing. I'm still bad at taking my meds, but I notice the effects like when I don't take them. I get really tired. I, I have no motivation. I don't do anything, but when I do take them, I feel a lot more productive. Um, I feel more awake um, and everything's clear and less groggy in my mind and I feel less clouded. Um, so yeah, my mental health journey is a very long and constrictious and terrifying road and a very lonely battle um i felt like i was fighting alone and fighting with myself majority of the time um i learned even right now just talking about it i learned that a lot of my my insecurities and what stems from it is me not feeling like i don't have the space for myself and the time for myself or feeling like i have a break you know to do what i love um and I was forcing myself to do something that I didn't want to do. So before I graduated with sociology and psychology, I was a double major. Oh, yeah, I was not double major. I was a biochemistry major. And like I mentioned, my worth was based on my academics. So when I first failed my bio class and chemistry class my second semester of my freshman year um that's when all hell went broke loose i was still struggling with my identity still navigating a heartbreak going through a breakup um and everything was just coming at me at once you know and it was just really hard for me to be like to come home and be happy because i knowing i failed a fucking class that I go to university and my parents pay for you know even though they i do have a tuition my mom still pays or like we still took out a loan and we pay for it so that kind of just like got to me and i was like fuck i'm not good enough i need to try harder and like i i took chemistry again and i still fucking failed and that's when i realized like i can't do something i don't have the motivation for um and I thought the only way I can be successful in life was to be a doctor because that was the only way you can help people because I didn't know anything else besides being a doctor or a lawyer and I was not good or like being a police officer and a lawyer and I was like I don't want to do physical work and be a police officer and I don't want to read a lot and constantly be learning and be a lawyer um so I was like okay fuck it let's be a doctor and be a pediatric oncologist and I thought that was the only way I can help people, but I learned from my sophomore year when I took Dr. Nick Dow, um, she was the first Filipina ever in the department at UOP to tell me we need more Filipinas in this industry. And when I was learning about sociology and this was social problems class, it, it hit home because I, I experienced everything that they were talking about. You know, like the redlining, the, the social injustices, um, everything. I experienced that living in South Stockton and then moving to North Stockton, noticing the big, the gap and all that stuff. And that's, and still, even when I did move that, that was like, I still had an identity crisis. 
not knowing where I fit in, so I was making myself feel smaller to fit in certain places. You know, like those little roly-polies. But she encouraged me to do sociology, and I was like, fuck it, let's do it, because I really loved it and, it, it, and it really made me happy, and I was eager to go to class, you know? Like, I actually went to class every day, um, and, um, and she, um, included me in research on mental health and well-being, and I was like, this is what I want to do, like, I experienced depression and anxiety, and I want to learn more about it so I can help myself and I can help others. Um, so that's where it started. So I, I began there and I started learning more about mental health and I started learning more about the, the Philippinex community and getting into Little Manila uh, Rising. And this is when I started to reconnect myself with my culture because back then I had this colonial mentality and D, um, I kind of distanced myself from the Filipino culture because I fucking hated like Filipino high school clubs like the you know what I'm talking about like it wasn't it just didn't feel right to me I was just like eh it's weird whatever and I was like I hated calling people authentically because I did that in, in middle school and like that was like during tumblr times and now it was just weird so I just went through this whole weird phase of not knowing what my identity was um and yeah so I don't even know what I'm talking about right now, like, my, my triggers, I guess, so I learned that one of my triggers was, like, my identity, and who I was, and, because it stemmed from my GPA, and, like, not feeling Filipino enough, and another trigger that I learned throughout college was having a space for myself, this happened because when I was a junior, I lived in a house with my housemates, um, my best friend, and my two other fr- um, two other people, or a friend and another person, sorry. And it just, the person used to be my friend, but then we ended up falling out because there was misunderstandings and confrontations went wrong, and yeah, it was a whole shit show. And for me, I was always... I was always taught like your safe space is your home you know where you can be fully yourself and be comfortable and just be happy in your own space but when I was living in that home during that time it was just not the best um, situation and it did not feel like a home to me it just was like bad and that kind of just put me out because I if I couldn't go home I couldn't go back to my old house that I was living in because my little sister took over my room. So it really felt like I didn't have a space for myself or um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't belong anywhere is what I was feeling. Um, So that was one of my triggers and it it was really hard for me to get through it until like my boyfriend's family, like until our lease was up, my boyfriend's family was like, you can stay with us um, and all that stuff. And I was like, okay. And now I feel like, um, I'm at home <laughs> and comfortable, and I have another family besides my um, my biological family, my boyfriend's side. Um, and yeah, so I learned a lot of coping mechanisms, and I learned to not rely on other people because that was what fucked me up the most was that okay ask others for help and I was like sure I would ask other people for help and like vent to them but then like when they wouldn't tell me things I wanted to hear I'd be like what the fuck or they would tell me um 
other stuff and I was just like okay you're not listening to me you know and I was just getting constantly disappointed or I, I even expected people to drop shit for me you know and that was not healthy especially like when I was going through some things and I was like oh my god and it's like you can't be selfish and expect others to drop something for you and then not do anything for them in return you know um that was like where it got really unhealthy was when I didn't know who to rely on or my my outlets or my support systems and I think you're the biggest thing when going through depression and anxiety is looking at your support systems because often you feel lonely and you feel like you don't have anyone so if you look around and you see who you appreciate and who you love in life and who you constantly talk to and who you feel the com- most comfortable with those that's your support system um those are the people who can listen to you and who will be there for you regardless you know and you don't have to be friends with everyone and you don't have to share your story with everyone if you don't feel comfortable i'm just doing it because um i'm i'm following my word where i want to norm in order to normalize mental health um for me i feel like i need to speak about my mental health journey and i need to speak about my experiences and see if anyone else can relate to it or if someone can confide in themselves and be like hey like i'm not the only one because that's the number one thing is you feel lonely and you feel like you have no one else and that's when you feel like you should peace out on the world but you don't you've made countless interactions with people and you think they're just like stupid mindless interactions but in reality those might be the most powerful interactions that one interaction with them and you never talk to them might be the most powerful thing ever and that's what I learned and and another thing that I learned about myself was that I was the type of person to constantly give and give and give and then I was like how come I'm giving all of this stuff but no one's giving back to me you know no filling my cup so like if i'm constantly pouring my my self into others and they're not filling me back up or i'm not doing anything to fill myself back up you're obviously going to get tired and you're going to get burnt out you're going to lose a passion and you're just going to get angry you know but for me people are like why should i continue to love people who don't who don't respect me or not respect me or who don't like show that in return you know my my philosophy is that you love blindly and effortlessly and with all your heart because regardless of if they don't if you talk to them or you don't talk to them ever again they will always have that memory of you giving them that love when they needed it the most you know but obviously knowing your worth and like where your boundaries are and like okay like knowing where you're at is how to better navigate that than just continually doing it and then getting upset with yourself you know I always give myself this boundary where I'm just like I'm gonna give you all this and be there for you because I see you need it and I feel you need it and that's okay and I'm totally fine with people like confiding in me and like letting me be there for them and then just completely like dipping out because me I know I did nothing wrong and I don't feel guilty because what I did is that I gave you I gave my time and effort to pour into you so you can better yourself you know and then after that like I don't get angry or you don't get sad I just kind of just move on and I'm like okay what can I do to fill myself you know like I helped an individual and I was there for them and I know I have my support system so I can lean on them so that's why that's my philosophy and I know it's not for everyone and that's okay um 
And another thing that I learned during my journey was that um, to stop invalidating myself, I would constantly just be like, oh, maybe I'm overreacting or, oh, maybe they're right, you know, like I'm just being, you know, sensitive. And I was always called sensitive when I was younger. So that's why I've always like, I've, I've just internalized everything. And I was like, okay, never mind. Like, stop being a little pussy bitch. But like, like that shit hurt, you know, like that shit matters. And there's a reason I feel this way. And I'm going to validate myself, you know. And, and I think that's the most important thing you can do for yourself is validate your feelings regardless if you think it's little or small. If it affects you in some type of way, shape, or form and hurts you, you have every right to feel like that. And and that's why like I was so bad with past relationships because I wasn't able to properly process my feelings because I would always internalize them and then it always come back up. And then it always turn into fights. And then it always be like, well, you never understand this. Like, how are you going to say that if you never, like, you know, like, you don't understand me. But how are they supposed to understand me if I never let them in? Or if I never explain to them why I felt that way? If I continue to internalize my feelings, how am I supposed to communicate that, you know? Um, so that was another thing. It was just, it was just a, a matter of, understanding who I was finding what I needed and if you ask like how do you figure that out figure out what makes you happy you know like as fucking cliche as that sounds like what pushes you like what makes you feel like you're a kid again with no fucking worries at all like what makes you want to wake up in the morning and get shit done like what pushes you for me it's my family and and the work that I'm doing now and knowing that it's gonna it's long lasting and it will be passed down to generation to generation um and for some people it's making money and making a living and some people it's honestly just being alive and appreciating everything um figure out what makes what works for you everyone's different um but there are a couple of coping mechanisms that I have um, and grounding work that I've done that help a lot with um, my anxiety. So the really obvious ones are obviously taking deep breaths in and doing square breathing. Um, usually I do that when I feel my body tense or like when I'm nervous and I feel my heart getting really faster and like these thoughts are racing through my head so that's when I know like my anxiety is acting up I take deep breaths and then I notice um I also notice when myself shuts down as I get really quiet and I don't speak as often and if you know me personally you know I talk a lot um so when I notice myself going quiet or silent I would usually take deep breaths in and then out for four seconds or doing the the square breathing and then I would bring myself back and like feel things you know so um another thing I would do that I noticed or that my uh, my boyfriend Cody has noticed whenever I have anxiety attacks is I have a tendency of clawing at my hands so when I claw at my hands um they usually leave marks or scars so um I usually, um, to avoid that when I have my anxiety attacks, I up, I face my hands up, um, I lay them out straight, and then I face my palms up, and then I breathe in and do the square breathing, and then if 
I get to a really really bad anxiety attack where I'm like huffing and puffing or huffing and puffing hyperventilating um I would normally um I would normally um do the five senses where you um say what you see touch um see what are the five senses oh my god let me google this real quick like touch taste oh touch sight it's touch see hear and taste oh my god my brain cannot so when i do that it's usually um to calm me not calm me down but like bring me back it's called grounding because when i feel like i'm having an anxiety attack i feel like i have like an out-of-body experience and um it leads me into like not knowing where i'm at like i feel numbness in my body i um, my legs feel numb and tingly i can't feel anything and it just brings back the senses to my body and um bring back into reality um so that's what i usually do um i'm still working on my mental health right now i still catch myself doing a lot of bad habits and it's kind of just like if you want to better yourself you have to um you have to do it yourself like you can't rely on someone else to be like hey you need to do this like you can't constantly like relying on other people like you want to have to do it for yourself and that's what i realized was that sometimes you have to hear the hard words to get through it and push yourself um for me that's what it took when i heard some heart like um it was like a slap in the face to hear some from friends and like holding me accountable um and bringing me back to earth but also like validating my feelings and validating who i am as an individual and all that stuff and my lived experiences so yeah i don't know if this is what i expected out of a mental health or um uh, my mental health journey or my healing talk um but yeah i will talk more about it if you guys want me to um just let me know if you guys like this kind of stuff it was kind of just me talking about myself and my experiences and how i dealt with it um if you guys want me to go into depth even deeper let me know but yeah this is it um and i just want to say like to those people i've hurt in the past and to those that i've crossed paths and just wasn't bad i want to fully apologize um, I wasn't the best person I was in the past, but I am now. And But that does not excuse um, the behaviors and the things that I've done. But yeah, um, I want everyone to live the best life they can, to be mentally um, healthy and aware of what they're feeling because mental health isn't just about your mentality and all that stuff. It turns into um, your physical health. Like, y- it, it's like they are hand in hand together you can never have one without the other so have a healthy balance of physical health and mental health and you are all good to go remember you are loved you're validated and you are worthy and do something that makes you happy and follow your heart and follow your dreams because dreams really do come true thanks for listening y'all see you next time bye